Well, greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike Jones, the pastor of Harvest Community Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and we're ready to get into the Word of God. But before we do, I would like to wish all of the mothers out there and all of those who are who are living out that mother's role a very, very happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you very, very much. We love you and we thank you for being the mother that you are. It is not easy to be a mother these days. And so we understand that. We appreciate you and we hope that you are celebrated today and you feel the appreciation and the love. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Isaiah 66. We're going to look at verses 9 through 13. Isaiah 66 verses 9 through 13. And we're going to be reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible today. The New Living Translation of the Bible. Isaiah 66. Would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it, asked the Lord? No, I would never keep this nation from being born, says your God. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad with her, all you who love her and all you who mourn for her. Drink deeply of her glory, even as an infant drinks at its mother's comforting breasts. This is what the Lord says. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. Well, today I'd like to talk about uh, on the subject a real mother's love. A real mother's love. A number of weeks ago, I uh, listened to a message by Pastor Jeffrey A. Johnson of the Eastern Star Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. He preached a message in 2013 entitled, A Real Mother for You. He used this passage in Isaiah chapter 66, and I was just taken back because it was the first time I had ever heard a preacher talk about the mothering qualities of God. He opened up the message by talking about uh, an event at his seminary years previous to that where his professor would get up and lecture and every time they'd have class, he'd open up the lecture by praying, Our Mother, which art in heaven. Well, it really upset the seminary students and one one day after class, they confronted him and said, "Uh, uh, Professor, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven. And he said, you have a problem with that? They say, yeah, we have a real big problem with you saying our mother. He says, well, I've been to your churches and I've heard you preach and you mention the mothering qualities of God. 
I've heard at the end of some of your sir, some of your sermons, you you'd say things like that God is a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. He says, I've heard some of you all quote Jesus in the New Testament and in the Gospels where he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, just as a mother hen gathers her chicks, I, I wanted to gather you, but you were unwilling. There he talks about Jesus likening himself to a mother hen. The professor went on to explain to them that he was just giving an example. That God does have mothering qualities. And in the scriptures, whenever God gives us his, his examples, what he does is he starts out with something that we understand very, very clearly so that he can explain something that we don't understand clearly. And once he explains what we do understand clearly, what we don't understand becomes very, very clear. And here in Isaiah, what God does through Isaiah the prophet is he begins to mention the qualities of a good mother so that they can understand the qualities of their God. And so it, it's real interesting that, that all of us, none of us would disagree with the fact that nobody loves us like mama loves us. Nobody uh, uh, shares and sacrifices and gives the way mama gives. Even people in the world understand that. I ran across some lyrics of some popular uh, rap artists. And notice what they say. Kanye West in his, his song, Hey Mama, says, It don't got to be Mother's Day or your birthday for me to just call and say, Hey Mama. Snoop Dogg, in his, his song, I uh, Love My Mama, he says, I made you cry, you made me smile. I just want to say I love you for life, and that's the reason why I'm here now. Mac Miller, in his song, I'll Be There, says, I just hope she know I love her, the world's best mother. Yeah, it ain't fair, so I'm going to take care of her and her gray hair. When I get rich, I'll have her living how she should be. No stress, no worries. Nelly, in his song, Loving Me, uh, says, I, your mama, how you doing? It's your son now. And I picked up the mic and put the drugs down. And now I'm trying to do some things that'll make you proud. Instead of every time I call you, it's to bail me out. Oh, why didn't I listen to the things you used to tell me, knowing that everything that you said would never fail me? And last but certainly not least, Tupac in his song, Dear Mama, says, I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it. There's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand you are appreciated. You know, if rappers can understand the, the love of a mama... If rappers can appreciate the love of their mothers, how come we can't do that for God? And in many cases, there are people in our world who understand the love of a mother a lot more than they do the love of a father. And it could be that that illustration is the type of illustration and the kind of illustration that we can communicate the gospel to, the love of God to, to a dying world that has trouble experiencing and knowing about the love of a father. Isaiah does that here for the Israelites as he writes his prophecy. This section of scripture is talking about the mothering qualities of God. A real mother's love. 
a real substantial. And so for the next few minutes, what I'd like to talk about are three characteristics, three things about a mother's love, three things that, that Isaiah mentions here in the text about God's love for us, how he associates and gives the illustration of what a good mother is like, and then maybe we can understand what a good God is like. Amen or oh me. Point number one, just like a good mother does not, uh, just like a good mother, God does not abort his children. Just like a good mother, God does not abort his children. Look at verse 9. Isaiah 66, 9 says, Would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it, asked the Lord? No, I would never keep this nation from being born, says your God. God does not abort his children. Good mothers don't abort their babies. What they do is they deliver their babies. The first part of of, of verse 9 says, Would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it? The goal of pregnancy is delivery. See, what God says is, I know you Israelites are questioning my love, and I know you're questioning because you're in a difficult situation. You've experienced and will experience Babylonian captivity. You've experienced the destruction of Jerusalem. You've experienced that the walls have been torn down. You've experienced that the temple has been destroyed. You've experienced all of this, and now it could be that you're questioning my love. You're questioning my promises. You're questioning whether or not, well, he's brought us this this far and now he's just going to abort us. All of that's done with. And God says, no, I I will deliver you. I have not forsaken you. Over and over again in these major prophets, he makes mention of things like, I formed you in your mother's womb. I shaped you. I knew you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And over and over again, what God has to do is to to reaffirm for the Israelites that he loves them. And God says, no, I have not brought you to term and not going to deliver you. I will deliver you. I am going to give birth to you. No, I would never keep this nation from being born, verse 9 says. But you may ask the question, well, how come he hadn't delivered me yet? He knows my struggle. He knows my pain. He knows that I'm living in this pandemic. He knows that I'm tired of this sheltering in. He knows that this social distancing stuff and wearing these masks and gloves and sanitizing. I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of. And some of us have even deeper problems than that. We've got problems with finances and problems with family and problems with, with our future and problems with all kinds of things. And God says that I will deliver you. And you may ask the question, well, why? Why hasn't he delivered me yet? Well, I'll tell you why. Every good mother, when they're pregnant, wants to go to full term. It could be that God says, I, I'm not going to release you from this situation because you're not ready yet. You haven't developed enough. Every mother that is pregnant wants that baby to grow healthy, to develop, to be strong, to, to, uh, to have all that they need so that when that, that delivery happens, they will be a healthy baby. And what God says is, it's too soon for me to let you out of that. You haven't developed enough yet. Development always comes before delivery. And men and women, God wants us to develop 
more than He wants us to deliver, deliver us out of our situation. He wants us to look more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ and in the right time, He'll deliver us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus Paul tells the Philippians, I'm confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you is going to complete it. And men and women, just like a good mother wants that baby to go to full term, God wants us to go to full term. He's not going to abort us. We've got to wait. I'm mindful that there are some mothers who get to week 30 and they want that baby out. They'll do anything that, that uh, possible. But a lot of times, if that baby comes out premature and too soon, there are complications. God says, I want to avoid those complications, and I want you to be just right. Even the Heavenly Father brought Jesus, and the Scripture says that in the fullness of time, He sent His Son. Point number two. Not only just like a good mother, God does not abort His children, but just like a good mother, God does not abandon His children either. We may not believe in abortion, but some of us practice abandonment. Some of us leave our children to the TV. Some of us leave our children to social media. Some of us leave our children to their phones. Some of us leave our children to uh, all of their gadgets and technology. Some of us leave our children to their friends. Some of us leave our children in the neighborhood, and we don't even know where they are. God says, I haven't abandoned you. A good mother, just like a good mother, doesn't abandon her children. God doesn't abandon his children. Look at verse 12. It says, this is what the Lord says. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. And then notice this. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. Three things. It says that her children will be nursed at her breast, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. Her children will be nursed uh, at her breasts. Everything that a baby needs comes from the mother's breast. It, everything that she needs to be healthy or he needs to be healthy. Everything that he needs or she needs to grow. Everything that he needs to ward off disease. Everything, every, there are so many benefits to breastfeeding. There are benefits for the baby. There are benefits for the mother. There are benefits physically. There are benefits psychologically. There are benefits uh, behaviorally. There are benefits financially. There are all kinds of benefits. And what God is saying is, I'm going to provide everything that you need. As a matter of fact, the word breast here and nursing as it relates to breast is the word shad. It's the same root word that we get for one of the names of God that is El Shaddai. The Almighty. And God says that I just like this breast that where you can nurse and get all that you need, then I am El Shaddai. I am going to provide everything that you need as well. Everything that is in that mother that's good is going to go inside this baby. Everything that is inside God that is good, He says, I'm going to nurse you and I'm going to give you goodness and loving kindness. I'm going to give you everything that you need. But not only that, uh, uh, look at Isaiah 49, 15. He says this and he reiterates it. He loves this illustration. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget 
And then God says, yet I will not forget you. I'm not going to abandon you. You are at my breast. But not only are you at my breast, says he carries them. Uh, she carries uh, them in her arms. You know, you have to pick a baby up to put them in your arms. He picks that baby. She picks that baby up and places that baby in her arms. And God, what a beautiful picture. God says, I don't care how low you are. I'm going to pick you up. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He picked me up. God says that there is no sin that can separate me from from his love. There's nothing, dare I say nothing, not height nor depth nor principalities nor things uh, in the present or the past created or not created. There is nothing that can separate me from the love. He picks me up. Nothing can separate me from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. He loves me just that much. But not only that. It says that her children will be nursed at her breast, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. That lap is not the lap of luxury, but that lap is the lap of love. That lap is the lap of safety and the lap of security. That lap is the lap where this person, this this little baby is secure and safe and will be taken care of. Pastor Johnson tells a story of of being on an airplane and this this woman has a a newborn baby there they're flying together and as they're flying they they encounter some turbulence the pilot mentions that there's turbulence and they have to put their seat belts on she immediately puts the baby in her 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 lap and puts the seat belt around the two of them the flight attendant comes by and says hey you're going to have to unbuckle that seat belt and uh he says well where am i going why do i have to do that he says well if we get into some bad turbulence, that seatbelt's going to be so tight that it'll crush the baby's ribs. We don't want that to happen. So the mother says, well, where do I put the baby? The flight attendant says, you put the baby, you, you put the seatbelt around yourself and then you put the baby back in your lap. The pastor mentioned there that even the airlines know that a mother with a baby in their lap is not going to let anything happen to that baby. And God says, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you that is going to bring about destruction. I am bringing it for your welfare. You sit in my lap, you be secure, you feel loved, and everything's going to be all right. See, just like a mother, God does not abort his children. And just like a mother, a good mother, God does not abandon his children. But point number three is just like a good mother, God does not abuse his children. The word abuse actually means to treat a person cruelly or violently, regularly or repeatedly, to use something to bad effect or for a bad purpose. And then lastly, uh, abuse is like misuse. Men and women, I think that the worst thing that we can do as parents is to believe that once these children graduate from high school, then our parenting responsibility stops. Our mothering responsibility stops. That That is the worst thing. Or when they get to be 21, well, I raised them now. No, every good mother knows and every good mother will say this. I don't care how old you get. You are always going to be my and you fill in the blank. Baby. Always. 
Always. I don't care if you're 50 years old, you're still my baby. And a good mother says, what I'm going to do is comfort you. Now, before you think comfort only means to console, the word comfort actually means to make strong, to invigorate, to fortify, to assist, to help, to aid, to impart strength, to impart hope, to impart encouragement, and to relieve. To comfort just doesn't mean that you're wiping the tears from someone's eyes. The word comfort means that you are coming alongside of them. Come, to come alongside with. And then fort is the same root that we get the word fortify. Or to make strong. Or to have a fortress. You see, we've got to make these kids strong. We've got to make them mature. We can't baby them anymore. We've got to come alongside them. And maybe our role no longer is for them to be at the breast. Our role now is to grow them up. Our role now is to be their coach, to be their advisor, to be their confidant, to be that one. We can't always tell them what to do anymore. We can suggest, and when they when they fall down, we pick them back up. And men and women, a mother knows how to do that. A mother knows how to do that. I remember when I first got married, I was home, uh, and I had gotten one of those migraine headaches that I got when I was growing up. I was given to, to, to headaches and I had some pressure behind my eyes and, and my mother knew what to do to relieve the pressure. She would get a hot compress. She would get some of that, uh, um, that, 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 that heating rub and put it on my head. She would tell me to go and take a hot shower and let the, the water hit my head and she knew how to relieve that and she, she'd give me, um, um, the, the kind of, uh, uh, aspirin and, and um, that kind of thing that would relieve my pain. Well, I'm a newlywed. I had one of those migraine headaches and I, we were visiting my mother's home and uh, my wife says, what can I do for you? And <laughs> I'm a little ashamed of it now. What I said was, go get my mother. She knows what to do. She knows what to do. Now, I didn't have good sense. I should have helped my wife with that. But isn't that something? Here I am, a grown man, married, uh, find myself in distress, and the first person I call on is my mother. Go get my mama. She knows what to do. Well, what I'm telling you is this. When we find ourselves in trouble, when we find ourselves with hurts, hang-ups, and habits that we can't get rid of, when we find ourselves in, in, in water that's too deep, when we find ourselves in trouble, Our first call ought to be, let me call my Heavenly Father who has these mothering qualities. He knows what to do. He knows what to do. He will comfort us. He will strengthen us. He will relieve the pain. He will come alongside of us. He will do everything that we need Him to do. The last thing I'd like to share with you is this. Not only... Like a good mother does God not abort his children. And like a good mother, God does not abandon his children. And like a good mother, God does not abuse his children or misuse his children. But all good mothers sacrifice for their children. You know, the book of Isaiah talks about this Savior who will come. Isaiah over and over again in these last chapters 
talks about salvation, the highway of salvation, and talks about making preparation and making way for this highway of holiness so that our God can come through. God says, just like a good mother, I am going to sacrifice and come through for you. I'm going to come to your rescue. Jesus did that for us on the cross. Some of us are living lives that are out of control, that bring us much pain, that bring us anguish, that bring us sorrow. And just like me, I called for my mother. We need to be calling for God. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Men and women, God loves us so much that He wants to come alongside of us. He wants to comfort us. But we've got to come to Him. We've got to say no to our sin, no to our bad habits, no to those things that enslave us, and say, Lord, I want You to have my life. A little boy who wasn't used to going to church went to church with one of the ministers in the neighborhood for the first time. And throughout the whole service, he would ask the minister, well, what's going on? He said, well, right there, they're praying. They're praying. They're talking with God. Well, what's going on here? Well, they're singing. We sing praises to God to show Him how much we love Him. And then it got to be offering time. Well, this minister had been ministering to this young man, and this young man had felt the love of Jesus Christ, that mothering love. And so they got ready for offering. And he says to the minister, what are they doing now? He says, well, they are giving back to God uh, gifts to show him how much they appreciate him, how much they love God, and how much they, they want to say thank you for what God has done for them. So the offering tray went down their aisle. And the little boy is sitting on the end of his row and he grabs the altering, uh, uh, offering tray and doesn't give it to the usher. He puts it down on the floor. And he puts one foot inside the offering tray and then the other foot inside the offering tray as if to say, this is the only thing I can give. To say thank you, to saying I appreciate you, and to say thank you for what you've done in my life. Men and women, God wants you to put yourself in the offering tray today. He wants you to say, yes, I know that you love me. Yes, I receive that love that you have for me. And I offer myself to you. A real mother's love. He won't abort. He won't abandon. And he won't abuse. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for this time in your word. I pray that you would solidify it. And I pray if there's one person out there, Father God, who wants to give their life to Jesus, to put their life in the offering tray, that they would do that right now. For those of us who already know you, Lord, strengthen us, fortify us, help us know your mothering love, your mothering qualities today. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day to you. Enjoy, celebrate, and uh, express your thanks and your appreciation for all of the mothers out there. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.